0: Now, today is a a prequel of a series that we're going to start next week called Just Walk Across the Room. Let me just tell you before I pitch straight in, and I want to be kind of economical with my time, but but at the beginning of the year, when we were thinking about our 25th anniversary and basically thanking God for 25 years, uh, we started thinking about events that we might do and what have you. And uh, incidentally, talking of events, I'm already distracted, I'm only a minute into the thing. We had breaking out on, uh, breaking news, forgive me, on Friday night, which was a women's event. And we were expecting 60 women, we thought that would be great. We had 138, sixth, 130 something or other. And it was just a phenomenal evening. And then uh, yesterday we had a, one of our staff members, Jesse, our youth pastor, got married. The place was rammed again, and there was a, a men's thing. I mean, it just rolls on. It's just incredible. So, you know, for all the team, for Anine Statler, uh, uh, Marna, the team, just give all those ladies a clap. Way to go. God bless them. Okay. Finish? Okay. <laughs> I wanted to tell you a story before I get into it. So anyway, we we were thinking about events, and uh, we were excited because we knew, uh, because of the number of people that are getting saved, and adults that are getting saved, that we were gonna have, I think, something like 20 people baptized a few weeks ago. We were really excited about that. Uh, And then during the course of a kind of a staff meeting, I can't even remember who it was, but somebody said, wouldn't it be great if we could baptize a hundred people? And we went, yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't be great. But it was like something was birthed in the room. And I thought, oh my giddy, a hundred people. And so we started, it wouldn't go away. And it was kind of like one of those jokes that kind of left something with you. And as we stood around the coffee machine and as we wandered around, you know, wondering what we're gonna to do today in the office, you know. This thought kept coming back to us, wouldn't it be great to finish the year with the baptism where we baptised a hundred people? And after a short while, I think Richard looked at me and I looked at Richard, and then we looked at each other, and we said, actually, it sounds like God's actually challenging us here. We felt the church needed a big challenge, actually. We thought it was going to be a building project, buying the place across the road, but... Suddenly, it became crystal clear that God's heart was actually to challenge us to become a truly missional community, to turn all this good stuff that we have in here inside out so we started to really make an impact in our community, amongst our friends, our colleagues, our our co-workers. And so we said, okay, Lord, we don't know whether this is right or not, but let's just play for a moment. If we were going to baptize 100 people on December the 1st or whatever the date is, what would we need to do? And we started to do something that many of you do in business. We started to do what you call reverse engineering. Well, we'd have to do this, we'd have to do that, we'd have to do that, but there's also sort of practical. It's you roll it back. And we got right back to the present. And the present was well, if we're going to carry on doing what we do normally, well, then we'll have about 20 people baptized at Christmas. If you do the same thing, you get the same results, not better results or different results. So we thought, well, heck, we've got to up our game. And so I, I, I was sharing this with our church planning couples, people were sending out in September, and they said, well, we're gonna to have to train the church. So we've been thinking, praying, and working on that, and we're gonna start a little series next week called Just Walk Across the Room, where we begin to help every single one of you to become effective, and that's the word, effective, in sharing your faith. Because the only way we will ever even get close to 100 baptisms at Christmas is if we all muck in together. Everybody say amen. Okay, so this is the prequel. Last week at the Father's Show, I said, I will have my car down there, and many of you saw that. We had wonderful conversations. It was a great weekend. And I said, one thing you have to understand about a petrol engine, it wants to run. I want to throw a thought out here which is going to startle some of you. And that is that actually, most people want to know Jesus. They may not know it yet. But they are wired that way. In fact, the Bible in, in, in Romans 1 would suggest that everybody knows God, whether they suppress it, deny it, run from it, you know, denounce it, whatever. There is actually, we are wired that way. And I think I said as much last week. And then during the week, I was reflecting about what I had said and what I was about to say. And I remembered a story which really, really stirred me. When we were meeting up at Marlborough School, which some of you still remember... We had a ministry running at that time to the elderly. We have a ministry called Flix, currently, to the elderly. We have over 100 people come in and watch movies and they have a meal and all the rest of it. But at the time, our ministry to the elderly was focused on two uh, homes for senior citizens, one in St. Albans and one in Harpenden. And uh, the guy who ran it, Cliff and his wife Rose, did an awesome job. He was a natural evangelist. And he med- led many of these, these elderly to Christ. And he, one day he comes up to me and says, well, uh, I think I've mentioned to you, Chris, Mary in a wheelchair. She wants to come to church next Sunday. I said, well, that's great. You know, she said, well, we're going to get there early. We're going to collect her. We're going to bring her in and all the rest of it. And she'd love to meet you. So anyway, Mary came. I remember her coming in. Cliff wheeled her in. She was brought right down to the front. And uh, I sort of waved, you know. Uh, And uh, and then I got busy. I preached all the rest of it, and I'm sort of running around and saying hi to people, doing a bit of firefighting, usual Sunday stuff. And and uh, Cliff comes up to me, and Cliff says to me, "Mary wants to give her life to Christ. Can you? uh, Can can you? And she wants you to 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 pray the prayer with her. Now, please don't think too ill of me here, but I actually felt a little, a little not irritated, but like oh. Cliff, would you mind doing it, please? I mean, you are an evangelist; you can do this. I've got a, you know, please don't just, you know, look to me, the holy man of God, to do this thing. We we train people to do this. Cliff, you know how to do this. Just pray. He says, Chris, I'm sorry. This is one of those occasions when you have got to do it. And I said, right, fine, okay. You know, eyes and teeth. Walk down the front. Hi, Mary. Hi, how you doing? You know. Anyway, boy, did I repent big time. She's in a wheelchair. She's in her 80s. She went to a Billy Graham mission in 1956. And she was profoundly moved by the message of the the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And uh, when it came to the appeal where Billy Graham invited people to come forward, she wanted to go forward. But her friend Lily said to her, Oh, no, don't do that. We've got to go and catch the bus. If we don't go now, there'll be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people trying to get on the same bus. Come on, Mary, come on. So she wanted to give her life to Christ. And uh, her friend Lily sort of dragged her away. And she had spent the rest of her life regretting that. And now in her 80s, in a wheelchair, she's sat at the front of church she wants to give her life to Christ, and I'm listening to this story, and I'm thinking, "Oh God, oh God, oh God! I, I'm the worst pastor in the world, you know. Please forgive me." So I listened to this, and then I said, "Okay, Mary, what a wonderful story! And that, here we are now, and you can give your life to Jesus, and you just got to ask His forgiveness for your sins, and ask Him into your heart, and then give Him your life, and He'll do the rest." So she prayed this prayer, a woman who was easily old enough to be my grandmother, if not great-grandmother, and she prayed like a child because she hadn't really grown as a Christian. She was like a little child. She had not had the opportunity to grow. And she prayed, and I'll remember to this day, she said, Lord Jesus, and she's weeping copiously now, I'm so sorry. I didn't go forward in Haringey all those years ago. I wanted to give you my life, and now there's not much of it, but what there is I give to you. Oh, I tell you, heaven came down. And for the next few months since she died that year, she was in church, Week by week at the front, she started bringing her husband. He always turned up to church fully suited and booted. Bless his heart. There's all us in, in you know, shorts with our you know, backside hanging out and all the rest of it. You know, Forgive me. You know, you know what we're like. But he suited and booted and he led to Christ. And they were the most passionate, devoted Christians. We did a marriage. They renewed their marriage vows. Oh, it was just wonderful. And then she died. And it was like two months later he died, wasn't it? That taught me something. A, not to be, you know, always be ready to give an account for the hope you have within you. Be ready, Chris, come on. And the second thing was that, that people want to give their lives to Christ. People you know want to give their lives to Christ. They just haven't met anyone yet who will help them. We want to change that. Amen? Let's say that with some conviction, some enthusiasm, because that's what this is about. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to teach from the Bible. Now, turn with me, if you have a Bible, it'll come up on the screen if you don't, to Luke 19. Based on and for the Marys of this world, we are going to try and raise our game so that So that we can do the work of the gospel. And this talk is called, How Good is the Good News? How good is the good news? The good news, of course, being the story of Jesus and his rescue mission for us. Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read this slowly. I'm going to stop as I go. Forgive me if it breaks the story up a little bit. But I want to make a few points as I go through and then I'll wind up. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy, and he wanted to see who Jesus was, but, but he was short. Stop there. This guy had three significant disadvantages. He was a tax collector, which made him a social pariah. Many of you know this. The tax collectors were usually Jews, but they sided with the enemy, and the enemy was the occupying force, which were the Romans, and they... They collected the taxes. So they were hated, absolutely hated. They'd gone over to the other side. So he led a pretty lonely life socially. His second disadvantage, and this may raise a few eyebrows, was that he was wealthy. You know, wealth is a blessing from God, but by and large, it is a bit of a balance. Scripture very often has a bit of a, uh, gives the wealthy of this world, of which we probably all count, compared to two-thirds world countries, it it gives the wealthy a lot of challenge and, and, and says that, you know, in terms of walking a life of faith, wealth can be a disadvantage, it gets in the way. Things like, rich is right. If you're rich, you're always right. That's what our culture says. You know? That's what, uh, and and it makes life difficult in terms of walking with Jesus. So he's, he's isolated because he's a social pariah. He is wealthy. And thirdly, he had a physical, uh, as he saw it, a dis, uh, not disability, but disadvantage. He was very short. So he was an object of ridicule for a number of things. Three disadvantages. So as the text goes on, it says, so he ran, verse four, ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Sycamore trees are not like olive trees. Sycamore trees are shade trees. You know, you've probably seen, you them in gardens around here. They have big broad leaves. And, and you know, you could climb up into them and for the kind of person he was, with the background he was, it, it was just what he needed because he could hide in that tree. It conceals you well. Big, broad leaves, thick foliage, used for shade and obviously the fruit. He's hiding in a sycamore tree and he finds his little chink so he can peer through the foliage at this Jesus who he's absolutely intrigued by. Doesn't know anything about or very little, but he's intrigued by it. The story goes on. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot... He looked up and said to him, so much for hiding, by the way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your home. Three things to quickly notice obvious things. Let me spell them out. Jesus knew where he was, he was hiding. When I was preparing this this morning, this was not part of my original intent, but I felt the Holy Spirit said to me to challenge folk and and, and give them an opportunity this morning to come down to the front at the end of the service to get prayer from our prayer team because there are people here who are hiding. I I thought, well, they're in church. What do you mean they're hiding? They're in church. But there are some people here who who actually don't know Jesus There are some people here who have just come, they've been coming for a while, and they're they're fascinated, they're intrigued, they love the people, they belong, but they don't yet believe. There may also be believers, people who believed in Jesus many, many years, and that may be you, but you're hiding because you know what Jesus is holding out to you, the challenge and comfort that is in both hands, challenge in one hand, comfort in the other, but you've been holding back for years. And so today, like Mary had a day, there's going to be an opportunity after the worship or something like that just for you to come forward and say, Lord, you know where I am. And you know I'm hiding from you because I don't, know, I don't like what it might mean to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. I'm just doing what I told, I was told. Think on that. God bless you. And I've done my share of running from Jesus, if not hiding over the years. Hold that thought. So Jesus knew where he was. He thought he was hidden. But in fact, Jesus stopped at the very spot and looks up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm going to stay at your house today. He knew where he was. He knew who he was. He calls him by name. You know, you think you've been hiding from God Scripture says the Lord knows and has numbered the very hairs on your head. He knows where you are, who you are. He knows what he was. He knew he was despised by the, the community. And in fact, when Jesus goes with his home, the scriptures say that, that actually lots of people said, what's this Jesus going to be with the sinner? Didn't seem to put Jesus off. So if there's stuff in your life, stuff that you need to get sorted out, maybe another reason why you need to do the restore course, that doesn't hide you or disqualify you. That's a good word, from the love of God and his plans and purposes from you, for you. Let's read on. Verse, <clears throat> um, verse six. So he came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. Verse seven, all the people saw this Began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Who is this, Jesus? Hangs out with all the wrong kind of people. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. This was a, a Mary-like day for Zacchaeus. There was something stirring in him. He did not know what, but he, had to, to, he was drawn to see Jesus. He was draw, drawn to be near to Jesus. He wanted to do it on his terms, up a tree and hidden. La, 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 join the club. But the reality was that Jesus knew where he was, knew who he was, and knew what he was, and was not put off. So suddenly, for for Zacchaeus, that is a game changer because he thought he was disqualified because everybody in his society, his local community said he was disqualified. And suddenly, when he realizes that God wants to welcome him, welcome you with open arms and walk the rest of his and your life with you, it's a game changer. That is good news for Zacchaeus. And for every one of us who have become followers of Jesus, we can identify that that story will resonate with us because it is good news. But the, the title of this talk is How Good Is the Good News? And for here, what actually happens is that Zacchaeus doesn't just go back to his home to sort of have a meal with Jesus with a, a lovely, warm, fuzzy wuzzy feeling and, and, and change the rest of his life, etc. It becomes good news for others. Because he says, Jesus, look, Lord, I'm going to give half of all I possess to the poor. And if I, if I have cheated anyone, and I'm not denying that, you know, may, 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 maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I've done that. I'm going to restore that four times over. The good news that came to Zacchaeus when he had his Mary Day meant good news for others. And the church of Jesus Christ who welcomes the good news of Jesus with open arms has got to be good news to others. And so what we're, what we're trying to train ourselves, what this is the beginning of, is, a, is, a, is an attempt to, to do more than we're already doing and to be good news in a whole new de- dimension which we've not been terribly good at, to be perfectly frank. So anyway... Jesus responds to this news in verse 9. He says, today salvation has come to this house. And it's salvation because it's real and it's authentic. It's not just good news for him. It's good news for others as well. And that's the whole point of the gospel. When Jesus saves you, he, he as I've often said, many of you heard me say this, we get, we get included in the family business. And maybe to begin with, All we're given is a sweeping broom, just to sweep the floor of the back office. We're not allowed out front yet. But as we grow up in the Lord, so we take our place in the family business, and the family business is making Christ known. Not keeping it to ourselves. Making Christ known. Okay. What a story. I love this Zacchaeus story. I can remember telling it to my kids, and it was one of those stories that my kids never got tired of hearing. We had a little book, and they would have me read it countless times, the story of Zacchaeus. I know it so well because I taught my kids it, over and over again. What a story. How good is the good news though? How good is the good news that I have received? I know it's good news for me, but is it good news for others? How good is the good news that God has entrusted to you? You know, one of the, one of the problems that, that with the good news is that what, what it did for me to begin with, it, it helped me to be a better neighbor. Maybe you were being better neighbors. and I started to serve in the community a bit, and maybe you're serving here. Maybe you're serving out there. But one of the last things, well, almost, but nearly, for the sake of the argument, one of the last things that began to happen for me was that I found it difficult to speak to others about my faith. Now, we're all grown-ups here. Who else finds that difficult? Okay. Now, I don't want to teach you something I'm not doing myself, so the last few weeks, I have been consciously saying to the Lord, I... I have a, I've a lot of acquaintances, and I've made a lot of friends too, and many of those friends do not know Jesus. I want to be bolder at sharing my faith with them. They know I'm a good bloke, well that's nice, but I want to be bolder in that. So I've asked God for opportunities to share my faith, and since I started consciously praying that, I've had the most weird and wacky And some very ordinary opportunities to share my faith. I went into Dunelm Mill, would you believe. That is a crazy place. I couldn't find anything because there's so much stuff in it. And it's so discounted, it was ridiculous. But anyway, I went in there and I'm accosted at the doorway by um, somebody touting for a charity. Well, I... I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be gracious, I'm usually sort of shrug these off, but something stopped me with this, this guy, and it turns out it's the sort of helicopter, you know, the, the, the ambulance thing, and he tells me this thing, so I, I, I would normally say no, because we structure our giving very carefully, but I said, okay, you know, I can sign up for that, and I'm signing it up, and, I, and there's this thing I've got to fill in, and I, it says, what's occupation, it says minister of religion, oh, I put minister of religion, he looks at that, and he says, you are know what, a, min- a minister of religion? What's that then? Well, I'm not going to bore you with the whole conversation, but I'm going to tell you that for the next five minutes, it was this bloke in his high-vis jacket, me and the Holy Spirit. And the guy's confessing. He's sharing about the way, what is st- some stuff. People are pushing past me with trolleys in Dunnell Mill. and. I have to say to you, on the inside, when I kicked off, into, when he picked up that point, minister of religion, what's that? My first reaction was panic. <gasps> I don't want to talk about this. We're in Dunnell Mill. <laughs> I don't know you. You know, you're probably gonna, you know, you're probably gonna be weirded out by it anyway. So I'm going to just, you know, just kind of be cool. And I'm having this conversation and I had to repent, I had to in situ say to the Lord, I'm sorry, I've been asking for this, great. Last week we had this classic car show, I'm not, and a whole ton of my buddies came in and listened to me preach last week. They never do that. They call me Father Ted. (laughs) Term of endearment. And that's about as good as it gets. I have had one or two conversations individually, which have been amazing. But I've not sought that. But a whole ton of them came in last week and they listened to me preach. And I had, let's call them God appointments, with some of them afterwards. I panicked though. And and the following day I was said to Fliss, that was a great Sunday, that was an amazing Sunday. In fact, that was the best Father's Day car show we've ever had here, we had less cars than we normally do, but this place was so full and the conversations we had was incredible. But I I said to Phyllis the following day, and I'm just confessing this, my humanity, the following day I felt a bit deflated and anxious because these guys are my friends and the friendship was based on a mutual interest in cars and that was great, I loved it, but it was not enough for the Holy Spirit And I don't know whether, when I see them next time, whether they're going to be weird with me. I don't know. That's the risk we run. Probably some will be, but others won't. So I'm only telling you what I'm doing myself, but I am determined to raise my game as a follower of Jesus so that the good news that I have received is good news, One little thing I want to just share with you, which we're excited about. You know, this whole business of telling your story. Uh, You know, not all of you, of course, have got the gift of the gab, although I must say, I'm always surprised at just how eloquent so many of you are when given a microphone or half a chance. It's absolutely fantastic. You're better than you think you are. I see a few people nudging people there. You know, you're not hiding, are you? Because... You can talk about Jesus. And to be honest with you, I, I, I threw this out to the pastors on Wednesday. I had this pastor's prayer fellowship with a dozen or so pastors there. And I said, listen, guys, I want to train our church in evangelism. You know, this is so cool. This is so great. We're having a blast here. 130 at the Women's Day. But you know, there's em- look around you. There's empty seats here. It shouldn't be like that. Especially when there are people like Mary who are just longing to know Jesus. So I said to the guys, I said, what, what do you think are the things that stop our people from sharing their faith? And what are the things that we can do to help that? And one of the things they said, they, they're afraid that they don't know enough. Yeah, they know Jesus, but they, they're worried they're gonna get into some kind of big conversation and not know the answers. Listen, I wanna just say to you straight away, and the teaching that we're getting in the next three or four weeks will help you with this. You do not have to have a doctorate, a, a doctorate of theology All you have to do is express your faith, what it means to you. Some of them will be intrigued and fascinated by that and will want to talk some more. We'll share their stuff. Others will say, but what about the homosexual issue? What about creation? What about all these nutty things? It's not about apologetics. It's not about doctrine. It's about sharing your faith, what you know. Now, I have got an, we have an awesome staff here. I'm going to finish with this little thing. Um, one of the things that will help us talk about Jesus, to be brutally honest, is to practice talking about Jesus. And so Emma Bluston, our, our PR communications person here, said, I've come up with this thing, the 90-second challenge. Were, you given, were they given this coming in, or is they, what's going to happen with it? Right. Okay. You have this thing online now. Uh, it's all on there, on the back there. You can see already, and I've done my own little 90-second thing. Just a 90-second video. It's not three hours and 40 minutes, or one minute 58 seconds, or 32 seconds. It's as, as clear as you, can, close as you can. 90 seconds. It's an opportunity for you to say how you met Jesus. And we've started this whole new web page and website and Facebook thing where it's just going to be called 90 Second Challenge. And we hope to have eventually hundreds of people putting up their little 90 second video. I did mine on my iPhone. If you've got a smartphone, we're not talking about going into the studio and getting Spielberg to do a sort of top and tail on it. You know, it can be grainy, it can be clunky. We just want people's story. It's people's stories that are compelling Take that away with you. Practice in front of the mirror if you must. But let's start actually articulating how we met Jesus. Because if you practice that a little bit, the next time some bloke in a high-vis jacket in Dunnell Milne says, Christian, you're a, a Christian. Why is that then? You can at least... Take a deep breath and share what you prepared in front of the mirror or to camera. So take that away with you and let's do that. Okay, let me have the worship team back on. I'm sort of running out of time. Let me just summarize. How good is the good news? I hope that many, if not all of you, believe it's good news. But is it good news for others yet? When was the last time you, you actually shared your story about how you became a Christian to, to anyone? Maybe when you first became a Christian, you shared it with quite a few people, but maybe more recently that's not something that's happened very often. Well, I put it to you that Actually, one of the most precious things you have to give away is your story of how you came to know Jesus. And would you all just stand, please? I've made a number of points here, and I also, I maybe got it wrong. I'm fine, I'm okay with being wrong in front of you. But I also felt that the Lord this morning challenged me to say that some of you are hiding I don't know what that means, but maybe you do. Some of you are hiding, and I want you to just bow your heads now. I'm gonna ask you that question again, and, and, and please just receive it from the Lord, just with the love and the tenderness that he brings. Jesus wants to, he's stopping by you now. Just like he stopped where Zacchaeus was, where Zacchaeus was hiding. He just wants to ask you, really, honestly, are you hiding from me? Because I want to have relationship with you. Are you hiding from me? I know who you are, what are you hiding from me? Of course Jesus knows. Now many of you, we don't do this every week if you're a visitor, so please try not to be too weirded out. This is a fairly rare occurrence for us, but just as your heads are all bowed, just raise your hand now if if that question resonates with you. God bless you. There's a few more. You aren't prepared for this. You're saying, I want more time. You know, Jesus is passing by on the road to Jericho. If you know, Zacchaeus could have stayed hidden, Jesus would have just moved on. If Jesus is standing by you today saying, what are you hiding? Why are you hiding? If that resonates with you, just raise your hand now, and keep it up. Okay, you've done this first step. I'm gonna ask the ministry team, please just come along the front. And for those of you who've got your hand raised, i just ask you now to just come down to the front, and the ministry team will pray for you. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. May that's, maybe that's, you've been hiding from him. So just come down and say to your neighbor, if you're hemmed in, if you're up there on the balcony, just say to your neighbor, excuse me, this is a good thing, I want to come down the front. So just line up right along the front here. Just keep moving along. If there's anyone else, please don't miss this moment. You know, it'd break my heart, not only is, if, if you were to leave this place like Mary, saying, I wish I'd gone forward. I wish I'd gone forward. Don't do that, please. Come forward. Maybe you've got to give your life to Jesus today. Maybe you've got to confess something that you're hiding in your life. It's time to stop hiding, to come out of the tree, because Jesus wants to come and dwell with you, visit you. Okay, I'm gonna pray now. I'm gonna do this slightly different, Sam. I'm gonna pray now, and then we'll carry on in this vibe. I'll dismiss you so that those of you who need to go can go, but the ministry is gonna gonna go on here for what, 20 minutes or so, and uh, it's not too late to come down to the front. Lord Jesus, as we as a church, as a community mucking together, to work together, to make Christ known, to be good news, not just receive good news, to come out of hiding, to break cover, to be breaking news, whatever it is, Lord God, we we ask that you would come and dwell with us in a rich and extraordinary way, and that these seats that are empty would be filled with people like Mary who are longing to find God but don't know how. And we pray, Lord, as we set our face to do this, there will be great joy in December and before when we baptize not just twos and threes or tens and twenties, but many, many, many people. We ask your forgiveness as a community for hiding away. And we ask, God, that we would become good news because that's what you've made us to be. ask now, Lord God, that you would bless us and keep us. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to say the blessing, and that will mean you can go. If you can stay, that's great. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us his peace. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys. See you tonight at 7 o'clock. I'm sorry there isn't any childcare, so you, if you bring kids, you must keep them with you. Thank you.